Welcome to this episode of the Dead Set Podcast, the debut episode, perhaps, of what will be a regular upload. Today, I will be presenting a public seminar I presented regarding a topic I've spent quite some time on. That is Kanye West and the Gospel Story. Rather than focusing on the controversies surrounding uh, Jesus is King and the, I guess, events or people with which Kanye has associated with since, I wanted to just share the story of Kanye up until now. How he got to this point and where in his back catalogue has he been rapping or singing about Jesus or other Christian related themes. I'll break this uh, seminar down to two episodes just for length's sake and I'll let you listen to it as it is. Uh, Disclaimer, this was recorded just live from a camera off stage so sound quality isn't the best but some people wanted to hear it in a podcast version as opposed to watching a whole 40 minute video. So let me know what you think. If it's helpful or not, if I misspoke in any case or got some of my facts wrong, please let me know that too. Okay, so without further ado, enjoy this uh, public lecture, Kanye West and the Gospel. So if you're here tonight, you probably fall into one of four categories. Let's quickly show my hands. Let's see if you are a Christian who has no idea who Kanye West is, what he does. Or is he learn a bit more about Kanye West? Okay. <laughs> okay. One last answer, good. The second category would be uh, if you uh, have some understanding of who Kanye West is, but you want to know more about how he's talking about the gospel. Okay, that's, that's kind of what I expected. So the third category is you're a straight up hip hop head and you have no idea who Jesus is and you just want to relax. Yeah, I don't think it was in that category, to be honest. So actually, there's only three categories. I was kind of fourth one, honestly, but it doesn't look Good. So, uh, hopefully everyone learned something tonight. Uh, as Phil mentioned in my little blurb, my passion is kind of pop culture and intersection with uh, faith. As a Christian, I like to think about what I'm consuming uh, on a deeper level. Sometimes people say a bit too deep, but uh, I go there when no one else does. And today I'm going to talk about Kanye West. So to give you a bit of context on uh, my credentials, you could say. Uh, some of you do know me, I, and my profession is, I was a physicist for a couple of years, I was working as a scientist at the Czech Technical University. Uh, and then I worked at the Academy of Sciences for a year. Now I work at uh, Riverside School as a maths teacher. Shout out Riverside. <laughs> Do you know that? <laughs> okay. So I do have a background in kind of more technical fields, the sciences, that's why I have a passion for data science as well. Um, but ever since my undergrad days, which was a long time ago, I always had a passion for writing. My dad's a journal, a journalist, sorry, for the non-Maltese. My mom also came from a journalism background, so uh, somehow writing was always in my blood. And since I was an undergrad, I was like writing for music blogs online, I went to gigs, I did reviews. I did um, interviews with artists as well, just as a side hobby. Never got paid for it. Still not getting paid for it, but I still do it. So uh, here are some blogs that I've published on. 
um, the past and currently. On the left is uh, Genius.com. I don't know if anyone here knows who, what Genius.com is. Uh, they're the world's biggest lyrics website, and they pride themselves on explaining lyrics. So they started as a rap website, actually it's called Rap Genius. And uh, actually they started as a Kanye West fan blog. There was a bunch of fans online in the 2000s that were discussing Kanye West lyrics, and people were arguing about the meaning of his lyrics. So he started Rap Genius, and now it's a multi-million dollar company, and they have like, um, big um, publishers with record companies, and uh, they're legit player in the music industry. So I've published on there several times. Uh, this is back in 2016. I wrote an article called Why Kanye West's The Life of Pablo is More Gospel Than You Think. So I was kind of on this uh, wave before Jesus King was released. And I've written about Asian hip hop. Uh, I write for a Slovak blog called Swine Daily. Uh, there's a New Zealand blog as well I have up there. And I just recently launched my own platform called Deadset. It's um, still kind of on its baby legs, but uh, hopefully I can quit teaching soon and I go full time. <laughs> uh, unlike Amy, I, I love social media, I love the digital world, so feel free to uh, take photos and blog me and whatever. <laughs> okay, so uh, that's kind of my background as a hip hop, amateur hip hop journalist. Uh, and today I'm going to take you on a journey through history and teach you about Kanye West. Okay, so Kanye West. Um, he is most well-known now for being a Trump supporter and a controversial provocateur, you could say. But back in the 2000s and late 90s, he actually made a name for himself as a producer. He was originally a uh, very well-respected uh, maker of beats and songs for artists like Alicia Keys, Jay-Z, uh, Rapper Ludacris, on Jay-Z's old record label, Rockefeller. So he was a producer before he was a rapper. That's important to know. So he's quite young here in this photo. And uh, he made a name for himself first, making these beats for um, big artists at the time. And eventually, over time, he wanted to make a name more for himself. And 2004, his first solo record was released, called The College Dropout, the Far Left Over There. And over the span of, well, I guess almost 20 years now, uh, he's become a very influential musician, uh, producer, rapper, and in the latter stages of his career, in fashion and art as well. So he's really what they call a renaissance man. He covers all bases, uh, and he's a lot smarter than that song. Uh, he's quite known for running his mouth. Uh, his, his mouth works slower than his brain, so he's just like all the time. But his output has been uh, more or less consistently um, groundbreaking. What um, people who don't follow kind of music on a deep level realize is that every time Kanye West releases an album, the music world changes. So the first stage of his career, from kind of like a laser point of view, is this like kind of three uh, uh, album cycle here: college dropout, late registration, and graduation. Uh, he kind of pioneered um, sampling soul records in hip hop. So back then in 2002, pop it was very much about the like, gangster rap, flashy, like street hardcore style. But Kanye actually made it a bit cool to be nerdy. He would dig through old records from like, the 60s and 70s and repurpose them, kind of in the same way as what Amy was saying, to a new sound. And after that happened, it became trendy in hip hop to do that because it was new, it was interesting, and no one was doing it at the time. 
In the second stage of his career, kind of uh, 2008 to 2013, each album again changed the way music was made. You may not realize it as a regular pop music consumer, but this album here, 2008, uh, this album is called 808 and Heartbreak. So in 808, it's a specific kind of uh, hip hop drum that uh, produces music since the 90s. And he made this album, it was very different to his previous sounds because actually, and I'll talk about this a bit later, his uh, mother died just before this album was released. So it completely changed the musical direction to a much sadder, cold, electronic sound. And interestingly, around this period, pop music as a whole changed to a lot more electronic sound. If you think back to the days of like Britney Spears and before that, pop was kind of like upbeat, fun, like all these weird like funk sounds. But from the 2000, uh, late 2000s onwards, pop became a lot more electronic because no one else was doing this at that time. Uh, this album here is considered a modern masterpiece across all genres. It's called My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And this was kind of his um, operatic record, his kind of boogie capacity hip hop. And a lot of it was inspired by Renaissance art, as you can see here in this next record. And it was actually quite a bit of it was filmed in Prague, um, inspired by the architecture, inspired by the history, and it's really uh, rich record musically, lyrically. Um, so this is these two are very different. This was a collaboration record with Jay Z. I'm not going to talk about that. Um, it's good, but not, 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 not as important uh, narrative. Uh, this record, this was a crazy one. Okay, this one is called Jesus. So this is kind of the peak of uh, crazy Kanye season, as you can say. Uh, the reason I'm going into such detail on these two stages is because what I'd like to see in, I guess, all culture, but specifically today, Kanye West, is about the unfolding narrative and how that kind of teaches us about, obviously, tonight's view of the gospel. But what can we find from looking at the whole story? What, what can we learn about? Uh, the gospel story. So anyway, this one's called Jesus, and as you can tell, it's kind of a blasphemous name. He named himself after Jesus. Ye being his uh, nickname, Kanye, so he put the Ye in front of Jesus. His nickname is Yeezy, so Yeezy became Jesus. So that's the second stage of his career. The third stage, the latter stage which we are kind of now, uh, is kind of, he settled down, had kids, got married uh, to, uh, you know, you got married to. <laughs> um, so this kind of blessed it. He's, he's like in his forties by this time. So this back here, he's young, he's optimistic. He's you know stuck in his career. Middle stage, trials and tribulations kind of come. And over here, he's starting to like search for something. Okay. So it's kind of the overall narrative. You guys keep in mind. I'm talking about more detail as we go. Because what we have over here, which I kind of pictured is this album. Uh, who here has heard of this album, Jesus is King? Okay, nice, almost 100%. So, for a mainstream hip-hop artist to release a record called, literally, Jesus is King, it doesn't even have any album art. It's just this. It's quite an audacious move. It's quite a controversial move as well. And, um, I guess you could say surprisingly, because as people mainly know Kanye for being a bit of a potty mouth, a bit of an egotistic, 
narcissistic, uh, ranting madman, for him to suddenly release an album called Jesus is King, a lot of people are like, is this guy for real? What's his deal? But if you go in his... Oh, actually, no, before we get to that, that explain the release of this record. I do wonder what his deal was. So before this record was released, it actually started with him having little gatherings at his house. Okay, granted, his house is not little, but it's huge. But he would have um, little sessions at his main mansion called Sunday services. They were kind of informal, but it was him uh, inviting his friends, like singers, dancers, famous artists, producers, to come to his house and have jam sessions. And he would repurpose his old music into new songs. In the top left, you can see kind of a setting like that. And they would, um, it was basically a mini worship service. And this came at a time when Kanye was kind of a soul searching period. He had just um, come up with a really bad Trump era. Uh, he decided he wasn't going to take his meds anymore. He's uh, diagnosed bipolar. And he was trying to settle into his family life. And in that, somehow, he got connected with, um, with the church. And he started realizing that he needed Jesus. So he invited friends over to the jail home. And from that, it kind of grew into a bigger movement. Whether intentional or not, uh, is up to you to decide. But from his home studio to Coachella, because one of the biggest festivals in the States, and this was Easter Sunday last year from Coachella. You don't know what Coachella is, it's a festival where a bunch of uh, 21 year old uh, Instagram influencers go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from that Sunday service, it grew to church tours. So he's played in many churches around the States now. And from that, it's gone into stadiums and arenas. So it's kind of grown, and all along the way, he's used a hundred strong gospel choir to repurpose his old music into, you can't really describe it any other way than straight up worship songs. When you listen to it, it's really next level um, singing, next level musicianship. And so that's the story of how we got to this uh, Jesus King album cycle. But, as I said, people were wondering, what's this choir now? Is this guy for real? Is he just doing it for money? Well, I, I mean, we can't answer that for sure. But what I did was I actually went to his entire back catalogue, um, all his lyrics from the beginning of his career. And for Kanye fans, they do know he's been singing and rapping about this since the very beginning. So I have a short clip that will show you uh, some lyrics from a song called uh, Jesus Walks, which was released in 2004. It's considered uh, his breakout hit. Of um, Kanye, I guess, 
not grappling at this stage, but expressing his views of Jesus and his uh, faith at the time. So what I did was, um, went through the entire back catalog, and with the help of my sister and some sneaky programming skills, we were able to actually grab these um, lyrical references. So go from left to right, if you remember that original chart showing all his albums. Uh, we word searched all his lyrics um, for Jesus, God, Spirit, Satan, Devil, Mary, and Joseph. And we found a kind of the pattern. Uh, College of Dropout was the first one, which is where Jesus Walks was from. That's why it's quite a high count because Jesus Walks was on that album. But as you can see, it kind of tapers off around him and Aloys and Heartbreak. And if you remember, that's when I mentioned that his, um, his mother died just before this album was released um, from complications and surgery. And on top of that, his, uh, he had a fiance that um, they broke up that year. So that's why he was mad depressed here. And uh, in that period, he kind of turned away from seeing about God and Jesus because he was, he was more introspective, he was mourning, he was grieving. And here, there's a bit of an uptick in terms of lyrical references to something Christian themed. And that actually has um, roots in, there's another controversial event here, uh, his Taylor Swift incident, if you guys remember that. Um, he kind of became a pariah in the American music world for, um, how do you say, bullying Taylor Swift, America's sweetheart at the time. And so he was kind of made to be the devil figure in American pop music at that moment. So his, um, Struggles led to an uptick again, as you can see, as you see here, yellow and orange, Satan and devil. So he's actually grabbed from the kind of idea of am I the devil or is the devil kind of influencing my fame, that kind of thing. And then came Jesus, which was the blasphemous album, you could say. And the highest word count here was God. I'm going to talk about that in a second. This huge column here uh, is from the life of the Pablo which is his 2016 album. And the life of Pablo, um, Pablo being Spanish for? Paul, right? So before the release of this album, he actually came out and said, this is his gospel record. And everyone was like, no, 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 the gospel, that makes sense. But he actually raps quite a lot about spiritual ideas in this album, and they're very interesting. Um, this, these two mini records, Yay and Kinsey Ghosts, that was part of an ongoing project in which Kanye released uh, seven records in one year, all small, short records, um, called the Wyoming Sessions. Uh, he has since bought a whole ranch in Wyoming. He has big plans for the future there. But anyway, I digress. Let's get into some actual lyrics. So Jesus, as I've mentioned, he considers, now he actually regrets calling himself Jesus. But this was at his, Kanye at his most egotistical Like, 
hey, Jesus, I'm making money, you know? It's a direct contrast, and uh, correspondingly, the sounds of this album were very dark, they were very heavy, very almost industrial sounding, if you listen to this record. Um, so that's Jesus. The Life of Pablo, again, was a direct, another direct contrast. This song was called Father Stretch My Hands Pablo. And even the title itself kind of implies something, yeah? Um, so in this chorus, this hook, um, he sings, I just want to feel liberated. Who can I turn to? No, uh, tell me who in here can relate. No other help I know when I stretch my hands. Uh, and then another stage of his career, the Wyoming sessions, as I said, uh, kind of wraps. I got a Bible on my bed, but yes, I'm very Christian, constantly repentant, because yes, I never listen. Right, so these kinds of ideas, they have been, like the seeds have been planted, and even though they went through kind of a dark time, there's a bit of, a, a bit of hope coming through now. So what, um, again, I did on my blog, Oh yeah, and then on Jesus King, of course, the most overtly gospel album, there's a track that names Selah, which some of you may know comes from the Psalms. It's a little italicized line. And uh, Kanye raps on the opening, I think it's the opening track, the second track. Uh, Won't be admonished to any man, John 8, 33. In the sentence of Abraham, ye should be made free, John 8, 36. To whom the sun sets free is free indeed, he saved a wretch like me. So this is Kanye West who wrote these lines and raps these lines. And it's quite rare for you to even find Christian rappers who will directly quote scripture like this in their songs. So there's part one, a brief overview of Kanye's lyrics and work up until now over his uh, nine studio albums stay tuned for part two thank you for listening